Welcome to another episode of the Mind Man Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful day. I am, I'm just ready to get right to it and bring you this amazing, amazing interview that I did with Everest Asher, a spiritual teacher. She is first and foremost a spirit, secondly a nurturing mother, spiritual teacher and an author. Believe it or not, She spent her first years of her life in the notorious doomsday sex cult, the Children of God. Far from where she is today, she lived her early years of her life trying to escape the chaos in her life and turn to sex, eating disorders, alcohol, and drug abuse. In fact, for 11 years, she listened to countless people's problems as she served as a bartender in New York City. Now, in 2015, after many attempts to get clean, and start her business, she lost her fiancé and best friend due to a tragic overdose. That proved to be the last straw as she then decided to quit her job, max out her credit cards, and travel the world to find the reason behind her suffering. And sure enough, seek and you shall find. She knocked and the door opened. Now she has completely devoted her life to studying spirituality and teaching fellow spirits practical ways to utilize these tools to create massive success, joy, and lasting change. She has coached many CEOs, artists, and entrepreneurs. She specializes in healing addictions of all forms, changing the past, aligning you with your purpose, Teach and you know, like teachers' trainings and integrating spiritual technologies into marketing, advertising, and sales. And she has no trouble making spirituality make dollars and cents. Literally, she believes spiritual work should speak your language clearly, be easy to understand, and be practical for you to apply anywhere in your life where you are right now. That's what I really love about what she does practicality. Because that's not seen most today in the spiritual world. So, meet your new best friend, Everest Asher. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining another episode of the Mind Man Podcast. Today, I am, as always, always extremely excited to bring to you guys. I always have, you know, awesome guests to bring on here. But I'm very excited about this one because her work, personally, has made a dramatic dramatic influence on my life and this is just personally which is I mean it's crazy because the thing that the way that I kind of got introduced to her was was um through Michaela Jimenez I think that's how you say her last name yeah. yeah she's like um she's a student of yours and I don't know how like you came about but she told me about you and so I gave you a follow and then, like, I was just like, I love how raw you are, first and foremost. Like, that's, that's one of the most awesome things I love about you. But this is such an amazing um, opportunity to be able to bring my audience this stuff and really help them break the habits of being broke. <laughs> that's what we're looking to do. So um, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and your busy life, Everest, to do this, to do this for not just me, but for everybody that's going to benefit dramatically. I mean, dramatically from this episode. 
Well, thank you so much for, for doing the work. And I want to say, like, I remember when you first reached out to me and I have your review on my site being like, Everest, what the fuck? I'm going to be a millionaire. This is amazing. Um, but also in that, you know, you mentioned that you hired a business coach and I really like want to commend you investing in yourself investing in yourself with any coach for any mentorship, even when like I've had results, I've had like weird coaching relationships and stuff before, but every time I invested in that mentorship, the, the biggest part of it was me betting on myself. And so like, I, I really want to commend you for the results you made sure would happen. You know, it's not when I first talked to you, you were like, I, I think I put you on a payment plan for breaking broke. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, whatever. I just want you to, you have to pay for it in order for it to work. But like, however, I can help you out on that. But it is so hard to spend money on a business coach. Or a coach at all. And you know, it's, and it's because I'm, I'm, I'm a fitness coach and I have people who are so hesitant to invest in themselves with me. So like, it's, I mean, it's a very scary thing to do, but what I like to tell people is, yeah, when you invest in the stock market, you know, like, yeah, you might lose. But if you invest in yourself, like you just don't lose that way. And especially if you apply the work. But yeah, I mean, I've invested, it was a $10,000 initial investment. And now I've spent well over $100,000 in coaching. And um, I would go back and spend every dime again because, I mean, it's the only reason I was able to skip a decade of trial and error and get where I'm at. But if it wasn't for your course, I wouldn't even have had the courage to get me a damn um, to, to, you know, get me a, a business coach. So that was awesome. So I want people to go ahead and like, get to know you, who you are a little bit. And like, just tell us a little bit more about your story. Cause I'm really intrigued about like the path you've taken. And I just want to know, like, you know, like what, like, who are you? Like, what do you do? And what led you to this, to this, um, work that you do? Cool. Well, you know, you, you peppered in there the like great existential question of who are you? So I'll give you that, <laughs> that response first because it is brief. I am, I'm a spirit that's come to earth many, many times to help people heal. And I, my spirit has actually had a lot of experience of doing things by the book. So whether it's like, you know, a priestesshood or being a, you know, very clear step-by-step -step paths where for the next 30 years, you're doing it this way, very traditional. Um, and mm. part of what my soul is overcoming here in this lifetime, let me just go full witch for people, is, yeah. is to understand that I do not have to do it by the book and breaking that karmic commitment that says that like, I have to be perfect in order for God to like me. So my whole road of a teacher has been about doing everything wrong. I've slept with all the like worst people, every type of drug, drinking for my whole entire life, resentments. I'm very, uh, I've always been quite a powerful presence, but I definitely, man, if you could have caught me in the years of my life where I was just angry all of the time. Um, and for the, the first two decades of my life, I was certain that I was never going to do anything meaningful anywhere. That didn't, I had big dreams all the time of wanting to help people while also being myself. Like, and myself is like, I'm a bitch sometimes, you know? Like, I'm just not that nice of a person. <laughs> I hate listening to people just go on and on about their bullshit. It's like, wake up and take responsibility for your life. Um, so when I learned the type of lessons, and this happened really through the death of my fiance, I, I found my fiance dead when I was 27 years old, or it was in 2015. So I'm, I'm 32, I think now. Numbers are not my strong point. <laughs> but, 
um, when my fiance died, that was when I decided to go all in on my business because I was finally like so frustrated of just like working for other people in bars and not, not doing anything. And, and through that process, I learned how to really honor my path, even though when I was looking back at it, I'm like, I've wasted decades of my life. I've wasted my twenties. I've wasted this. And actually I never have. And I think that's what makes me, you know, when you say I'm so raw, I'm not trying to be enlightened, you know, like I'm not trying to tell you like, Hey, you know, from way up here, from way up here, enlightenment looks like this and just, you know, transcend the ego and dissolve the mind. It's like, hell no, dude. Like I'm not a narc. I'm not pretending to be someone else. I'm going to tell you in words that you can understand in terms that you can understand that like, this is how you apply that lofty spiritual jargon into your life day by day. And I think when people enter my workshops, it's like the first time they start actually seeing results because I'm not like filling the air with like fluff and things that don't work and, and and telling you things like open your heart without telling you exactly what that is. Like I very much, everything that I've learned as a bartender and from staying up doing blow with lots and lots of people, (laughs) understanding how to help someone remember what it is that you've said by, by making them feel a certain way, the kind of way where you're like, Oh, I could never go back to ignoring my own self-worth again or giving away my work for free. Again, like I just couldn't do it after listening to that lecture. Um, but this has been a very, a very long road. At the, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just a spirit and a body that's here to help you grow. Yeah. Happy to be here. Um, but in day-to-day life, I, I have a two-year-old and I'm making <laughs> you know, in New Mexico. So. Yeah. First and foremost, a loving mother, definitely. So I like, you know, so that's actually something I, I want to talk to you about is like, practical spirituality like what is practical spirituality because i see that you speak about making spirituality easily understandable to the individual person but as well as something that they can practically apply in their life because what i've seen in the spiritual realm with a lot of it is ideas a lot of it is concepts a lot of it is a lot of it is like you know just like yeah just really nice thoughts to think and you know things like that to do but you, you approach it in a very practical way. So can you elaborate on what practical spirituality actually is? Yeah, of course. But let's make it, um, let's make it even more practical. Let's use an example. If I yeah. could wave a magic wand anywhere in your business right now, what would, it, what would it be? Anywhere in your business or life where if I could wave a magic wand, what would I change? What would I improve for you? Consistent lead flow. Like consistent new leads. Oh, consistent lead flow. Yes. Like, like, like clockwork. Mm-hmm. Like one-on-one, like, but are you talking about like one-on-one clients or just? Yes, one-on-one clients. Okay. Um, so the spiritual lesson that's behind that is, the spiritual lesson that's behind that is coming out more as a teacher because unfortunately one-on-one clients for any business, uh, it doesn't get you ahead. you'll seriously be restarting because the money comes, the money goes. And instead of like, think about it. Jay-Z is a billionaire, Mm -hmm. 50 cent filed for bankruptcy. Now the difference between the two is that Jay-Z has always diversified. He's not selling just one thing, but he's selling this whole range of products that he loves, tequila he loves, clothes that he loves, starting a record label for 
brands that he loves, like all, all things that he loves, but he diversified. 50 Cent never diversified. He was just selling rap. He was just selling songs. So where most entrepreneurs get stuck is early in their career on that one-on-one -on -one client hustle. It'll actually never get you ahead. You get cash injections and then they leave. You have credit card minimums to pay. They leave really fast. You know, investing in yourself it took a lot of money that I didn't have. I had to use my my credit cards and stuff like that. Yeah. So the spiritual, the spiritual lesson that's behind it is at some point the teacher has to say, you know, I'm a lot more than just this. Like, yes, I'm grateful for all that I've created, but I can grow. And so on a spiritual side of things, like that's what's going on is you saying, I am enough of an authority here to where I don't have to keep selling my time for money. I'm another spiritual aspect is money flows to me easily. When you're trading time for money, it doesn't flow to you easily. That reinforces the belief hard work equals money. So in order to make the leap into that next mindset, almost always takes mentorship, but you're really good about getting that. Um, but it's, it's the leap from the employee to the executive mindset. So how practically do you get from one to the other? Well, you're shifting the way that, that you view yourself and you're taking responsibility. So the most practical thing that I would say to do here is let's do it like this. We've done this work together before where we reverse it. So instead of saying, and when, instead of saying, oh, you know, what are my beliefs that are obviously causing this? We say, well, what am I seeing? And then we just accept that our beliefs are, are what's charging that. So what do you see as being true about your client situation right now? What do I see about being true about their situation? No. What do you see about it being true for your situation right now? So if you want consistent lead flow, that must not be the norm right now. Yes, exactly. So like, I mean, it's like, I'm doing great. No, like, you know, like yeah, yeah. finance wise, but it's, um, yeah, it's, I guess it's not like on a daily basis. Like I see it's like one week it's fire next week. It's slower. And it, that's like literally what it is. And that's because everything has cycles. So like economic cycles as well, what's going on. The drop isn't just due to coronavirus. There's cycles to everything. Yeah. Yeah. So like, while some people say you might lose at the stock market, you actually don't if you just don't pull your stocks out, if you just wait through all the, all the storms. Like, this is actually a very good time to buy stocks. Yeah. But that's, that's not the point here. So <laughs> another thing of like another little place that you might be stuck there is, you know, we can change anything that we want about our financial situation. So when you're getting one-on-one -on -one clients, it, it tends to like, it rains and then it's not. It rains and then it's not. But what you want to do is secure the bag in your business, so whether it's through payment plans or passive income products, so that you can have that experience of like, okay, I make $1,000 every single day, no matter what. And so when you're signing, if you have like five clients a month, let's say, or 15 clients a month, that means you're getting paid for the most part 15 times a month, when you want to get paid 30 times a month. Mm. So if you're able to run through that work, and say, okay, well, like, what am I obviously believing here? That, you know, if you're seeing that it, it's ebbs and flows and ebbs and flows, and you're not cool with that, so that's a big step, being not cool with that, I want this to change and knowing that that's okay. Um, but then if you say, okay, well, what am I obviously believing here? It's like, well, that it's gotta be a hustle to get clients or that it's like, okay, it's go time or that it doesn't come easily. And these are all the many faces of the hard work equals money belief. 
So what you need to do is that same work that we've done before, but your mantra is going to be like double the money in half the time, double the money in half the time, just to get used to like what that feeling is. And then the next step that I would have you do is, is use your brain. Your brain should be like a trained dog that obeys your commands. Yes. Now I have a practical way of getting there, but it would take more time. But what I want you to you to do is, is use your brain. So your brain answers any question that you give it. So right now you might be asking it, um, why is it always like this in my business? And your brain is like, because it's this, because you're meant to work hard, because you're a failure, because no matter what you do, it's not good enough. And that's, that's what the brain does. It just answers questions. So you need to ask your brain, what do I got to do to make double the money in half the time? And all you just keep asking that question. How do I make 1K every, how do I make $1,000 every single day, no matter what? And you'll get an answer. It'll probably take a week or two weeks, and it might take many months for you to put the whole thing together. But I've been in business for five years, and I'm going 100% passive income in my business by June. So that's what, that's the most practical step to wave that magic wand, like understand that it's a belief that's causing all of this, but do the work and your brain will tell you what steps to take as long as you're just always asking it the right question. Where's my half a million dollars coming from? Where's my 1k a day coming from? That's uh, how's that? That's crazy. No, that's perfect. Cause I feel like, I mean, I feel like it doesn't help a lot of people because people don't ask those kind of questions. People, they don't, because they don't, they don't like, that's what I like. It's like, you know, whenever you buy a, right now I got a Toyota Camry. I, I just bought it not too long ago. Actually, right before my financial breakthrough and I got the car. And then when I got the car, I'm realizing, oh my God, everybody in the freaking world drives these damn cars. And then it's like the same thing. It's like when you ask your brain a question, it starts looking. I mean, you can like, you know, it starts looking like, the, you know, like another, another level of, of perception opens up where it's looking for that answer. So I think that's going to help a lot of people out because I know, I, I mean, I, I know my entire family like right now. I've asked myself already, um, how am I going to have a billion before I'm gone? Like, how am I going to have a billion? Like I'm asking myself, yeah, like those kinds of questions. And they're like, Diversify. yes. Diversify. <laughs> and then my mind looks like that. But I know people around me, they've never asked, you know, like, because they make 40, 50K. They've never asked, how can I make 60K? Because it sounds ridiculous. So, yeah, I like, you know, the power. so convinced that that's the thing is like, you have to understand that it's a belief first causing all of that. So like Tony Robbins, the first personal development thing he ever went to, he was working as a janitor. He was like 16 years old, but he asked the guy and the guy back then in like, you know, the seventies was charging 250 bucks for a weekend seminar. And so this guy, he asked the Tony Robbins asked why are some people rich and why are some people not? And this guy answered right away. He was like, let me ask you a question and I'll ask you this question. Is it possible to make twice as much money in the same amount of time for you? Me? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Okay. Is it possible to make three times as much money in the same amount of time? Yeah. What about 10 times this amount of money in the same amount of time? Just the way things are looking, I, I mean, I know it's possible, but like just what my perception sees. But it, sees, but it is possible. It is possible. Now, some people, now the difference, the guy said, between people who become rich and people that stay poor is that, like you said, 
you say you value the storyline of Toyota Camry and you see Toyota Camry everywhere. That's because we see whatever story we believe. We only see, it's like if I send you to the kitchen and I say, okay, you make spaghetti. And you're like, what? Okay. And you're looking in my fridge. You're only going to see things relevant to spaghetti. You're not going to be like, oh, weed butter, or maybe you will be, but you'll, you see things that are relevant to the task at hand. So when somebody is stuck in the poverty mindset of hard work equals money, and I say, is it possible to make double the money in half the time? Their brain works within the limitations of, well, I work at the UPS store and it's just, they just don't give out raises. So no, it is not possible to make double the money mm. in half the time. So that's, and like where if somebody, you know, I love hanging out with people that are of the abundant mindset because a lot of people love being poor. And if they love being poor, their whole life, that's such a huge part of their identity. It's a different yeah, identity being poor and broke. And they love it. They're like, well, you know, like my car's in the shop and like, there's my husband when I met him living in a trailer, eating food off other people's plates in restaurants and like coming from millions of dollars, but loved being poor because he thought it was like closer to God. And, you know, for anybody listening out there, that's like, I know, like my spouse has money blocks and I, it's like, you only ever have to work on your own money blocks because it'll work. I like that. <laughs> I like that. You only have to have ever have to worry, work on your own money blocks. And so you kind of, you said something um, like, you know, and, and they, they think abundantly and, you know, a lot of people don't. So, okay. So, you talk about having a poverty mindset. You say, hold on, wait, where is it? I got a quote. Oh, you got a quote right here. You said, with every single thought that you have, you are either creating poverty or prosperity. So, like, what, give us an example of a prosperous thought as opposed to, like, you know, like a limited a scarcity mindset. Like, what, what, what is somebody who's an abundant? What, what, what do they think? And, like, what's the alternate thought from that one thought? Sure. So you drive a Toyota Camry. What kind of car, if I could wave a magic wand, what, what kind of car would you be driving? 2019 ATS Cadillac um, Coupe. Wonderful. I don't drive. So to me, it's just, you know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> black with a silver grill is what Cadillac. I'm really tempted to get a Tesla right now, but I, I really just got my car. So I'm just like, no. Oh, okay. I that's a, that's a poverty mindset thing. I just got this one. Oh, look at you calling me out. I love it. <laughs> so that would be, so, so here's the thing. If you put the value story on, let's say Tesla's just because like, I love Cadillacs and everything like that. But for what it looks like, Tesla's are really fun to drive. That's like people heard. just say, this is the most fun car you could ever drive. And to me, fun is God because, you know, I don't have to be good. I don't have to be perfect. I'm allowed to enjoy my life. And for people that are, you know, slaving away, trying to be good, like look at any successful rapper. They have not, comp so many of them have not compromised living like what is a fun, they're not sober. They're not monogamous. You know, they're yeah. having a fucking great time in their life and they're being blessed by the gods. Um, but if you were to put, so right now the value story is on Toyota Camry. So you're seeing Toyota Camry everywhere you go. If we were to shift that. So the first step out of the poverty mindset is being okay with wanting a Tesla. Yes. I drive a Toyota Camry or the 2019 Cadillac, whichever one Tesla is just quicker for me to say, but specify. Yeah, I'll do the Cadillac. I mean, I'll do the, the Tesla because I'll, I'll take that. Honestly. Because now you're allowed to have whatever you want. So that's the first step. Cause think about it like this. If you are on, if you're trying to cut weight, 
what's the biggest no-no food for you? Um, well, I, that's one thing I don't do is no-no foods. But okay. if if I'm cutting weight, I stay away from. Um, I stay away from. Okay, so I stay away from like you know um, rices and pastas just because you know just limiting like carb intake. Exactly. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So if you're on, let's say a 40 day program to cut weight, not that you usually do this, but if you were, and you woke up craving a huge bowl of pasta with meatballs, but mainly just the pasta loaded up with, loaded up with everything, but you're supposed to be, you've got an event or whatever. Um, and you're supposed to be cutting weight when you wake up craving pasta, when you're not allowed to have it, do you feel good or bad? Bad. Terrible. Oh my God. What the fuck is 10 times as worse for yeah, a woman. Exactly. I'm a bad person. I don't finish things that I start, but now think about it. Imagine that there's no limitations. You can do whatever you want. You wake up in the morning, craving a huge bowl of pasta and you're like, Oh, I'm going to eat pasta today. I'm going to eat this huge bowl. Where has the best pasta? Am I going to go there or am I going to make it? It doesn't matter that it's not here. You don't need to eat a bowl of pasta in bed right now, but the desire for it, because you're allowed to have it, the whole day starts to shape itself around this thing that you want. You know, and maybe a friend's like, I was craving pasta too. And all of a sudden you've got a dinner plan coming together and you're like, oh, we could do the wine and maybe I'm going to skip lunch so that I can really, really eat it. It's the same feeling. You're craving a bowl of pasta, but it's torture when you're not allowed to have it. And it's ecstasy when you are. So if you want a Tesla, the first thing is being like, hey, it's coming to me at some point, but I'm okay with wanting this. And then you see the universe start to shift and all of a sudden you see Tesla everywhere. Now the, the poverty mindset, and then we'll be done with this. The poverty mindset says, oh, there's another Tesla, something else I'm never gonna have. Everyone that drives a Tesla is a dick. At least I'm not a dick, whatever. This Toyota Camry, it was, you know, whatever. Just talking it away, kind of. Yes, berating yourself for having the desire letting the whole world know that you're jealous, broadcasting your insecurities to yourself and to the world, trying to make yourself feel better about wanting a Tesla by hating on a Tesla. That's prosperity mindset. You and I both know people that have lived their whole lives this way. Everyone knows they're jealous except for them. Huge oh. world of problems. But the po prosperity mindset, every time you see another Tesla, oh, there's another Tesla. Mine's on the way. Like, oh my God, Thank they're you. everywhere. Like there's so much Same of them. Experience. Yeah. Every single one is a sign that mine is coming. Why else would I be seeing? Why else would I be seeing these Teslas? So there's See, the difference. I, I love that. And you also say on your website, um, you have the permission and the ability to create as much wealth as you want. Now, one thing that I'm, I know for a fact, you know, like, yo, I can be rich. You know, like God wants me to be rich. The universe wants me to be rich. But I come from a, not a strong Christian family, but I come from a family with those beliefs. You know, we don't go to church every Sunday, but they hold those beliefs. And I know for a fact that there's people in my family who, and a lot of people that I know, um, who they believe that getting rich is bad in some way like it, it's selfish or it's you know so like what would you say to somebody who they secretly desperately have a desire a mad desire to you know make get wealthy make a lot of money but they truly feel um i'm getting further away from god if i get closer to money like what would you say to somebody who thinks like that nothing 
nothing. You know why? Because the best way to teach is to just be different. So like when I met, seriously, when I met my husband, I said, I'll fuck this guy one time, but that's it. Like I'm not, because he lives in a trailer and he eats off of other people's plates and he doesn't wear shoes and his pants all have like holes in them and the door doesn't open in his car. Um, Not because I don't like, not because I think that rich people are better than poor people, but if you're in love with being poor, I can't do anything to help you. And I had dated so many people that loved being poor that I'm like, no, I'm sick of like going Dutch at dinner. I'm sick of, you know, not being able to get the wine I drank at the time, um, not being able to get the type of wine that I want or, or having someone always be like, we can't afford it. We can't afford it. I was like, this sucks. I'm not going to do that again. Um, but I, but I, but I was really in love with him. And so I said, you know what muted me for a second um whatever it is with this guy like i'll take it so the, and this is one of the questions i get the most because i have a lot of like wives and mother and mothers in my in my community and they're always like well how can i help my husband with his money blocks or how can i help my family with their money blocks these are the people your soul chose to teach you lessons. They teach you how to like accept people how they are. And that's really what love is. But you mm. never, ever, ever have to work on anybody else's money blocks, but your own. And the loudest and clearest way to teach is like, just lead by example. When you are a different person, when you've changed, the greatest way to know that like what you're manifesting is working is feeling like the person you are is changing because that being, it's called the level of being, who you're being, that's what attracts your life, not the words you say, not the affirmations that you do. But when wow. you're change, it, I'm serious. So like if you... If you're ever doing something, you know, so many people write nice things on Instagram and then behave atrociously on the same social media platform. Um, It's really who you're being. That's what attracts all the things to your life. So when you become a Tesla driver, when you become a Tesla driver, when you become the type of person that drops maybe multiple six figures on a car, you know, that type of person is not surrounded with people that say that shit on you for everything that you're aspiring to. And if you need to distance yourself from these people for just long enough, or, you know, and you can distance somebody by not letting them know that you're clearing all of your money blocks. We can just talk about the Mets or whatever else, you know, you want to talk about. But the best, when you have become a different person, people change because they're, instead of you trying to sling your valuable insights to them to help them improve and for them to just not use it and it makes things real awkward like in your family, you can just change who you are and people will, will start to come to you with time and say, how did you do it? And then you can tell them. Mm, I like that. I mean, I can vouch for that because I stopped eating meat um, about a little bit over three years ago. And um, when I stopped, I was that person who like wanted to warn everybody about the danger of meat. And I was like, no, don't you want to eat meat? I want to do that. And like, I was all like, hold on. I'm, pr- I'm turning into that annoying vegan, that annoying vegetarian. I was like, all right, no. I was like, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to let people eat what they want to eat. It's cool. And now my household eats meat a few times a week when they used to eat it every day. But the second I shut up, they literally were like, you know what? Let's not eat meat for dinner today. I was like, what? That's because whenever you accept something, it changes. Whenever you accept accept something, it changes. I love that. Because acceptance 
is the opposite of resistance. So we all know whatever you resist persists, but yeah. nobody ever tells us what the opposite of resisting is. And it's accepting. So if you say, and this is where it gets like really kind of tricky because you're like, if I accept that I have a Toyota Camry, I'll never get a Tesla. And that's not true. When you love your Toyota Camry oh. for exactly what it is right now, this was my first investment on me. This marks the first time I spent some serious cash on myself. I love this for everything that it is right now. I do but love it. <laughs> one day, but one day I'll drive a Tesla. That's mastery. Saying like, I'm so grateful for what I have now, but I, you have to stay hungry. You have to keep wanting more. But the thing is, is like all of the, the spiritual work that I teach, everything, I'm never going to tell you, you go have this conversation with your parents. You know, I'm never going to tell you, oh, you have to, it's all things that you can do personally, that you can do privately, that doesn't matter. It doesn't depend on anybody else. It's all on you. It's like, it's like fighting versus playing on a team. And by fighting, I mean like MMA, you know, all you have to do is rely on yourself. You don't have to rely on like the whole other team. And, um, I think that my work kind of attracts people like that, that are like, I, I move faster than people. I work harder than people. Like, let me just be on a team by myself. Mm, got you. Yeah. That, I like that a lot. Now I was watching, you know, one of your videos and you said, um, streams of money and streams of love are flowing no matter what. Oh, I love this quote so much. It says streams of money and streams of love are flowing no matter what. So it's something, so it's not something you step into. It's something you step out of. And you also say that success surrenders to you, not the other way around. So how exactly do we step out of these streams? If you say like, you know, they're always flown and it's like, we, it's not something we step into. It's something you step out of. So like, how exactly do we step out of these streams and how do we get back in and surrender to it? And what is surrender? Yeah, of course. That's a really great question. So in very practical terms, you're on a highway full of Teslas in the flow of abundance. How you would step out of that is the whole time being like, and here I am, the one Toyota Camry, not appreciating the fact that you got this like great car that's working so good and that yours is on the way. It's in the Sistine Chapel and the, the, the painting of God reaching towards man, you know, you know, that yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, you know, we see God as this like absolute force you're like think about god in that i just have to grab my phone charger sorry no, you're fine do what you got to do um so we see god in that reaching with all of his might towards adam and if you think about adam he's like kind of lounging kind of lazy yeah. you know? and if you zoom in on the fingers you'll see that like all adam has to do is stretch his last little digit out one little millimeter to touch God, to get all of that power. And what that painting is saying is like, there is, all you have to do is see the miracle. God's reaching for you with everything he's got all of the time. And your lazy ass is sitting there complaining about what is. And all you have to do, you don't even have to lift anything. You just have to straighten your finger and you get all of that power. Like that's how good you are at all times. All you have to do is ask to see the miracle in this. On a 
road full of Teslas where you could be there berating yourself about how nothing is ever going to change for you and asking toxic questions to your mind like, why is it like this? Instead of saying like, how can I know that mine is on the way? It's just a shift in perception. That's a miracle. It's just a shift in perception in that moment on a highway full of Teslas being like, please show me how this is great. Ask the question, how is this great? And you'll see mine's on the way like that. Everything can change just like that. Um, what was the second part of that question? Uh, I just want to acknowledge you on that, that, that analogy was freaking amazing. That blew my mind. I'm not going to lie. I was sitting here like, holy shit. When I, when my teacher first explained that painting to me, I've got that with everything. We should talk about the Mona Lisa sometimes. Oh my God. I want to start like an art class once a week and we just talk about what. That'll be freaking awesome. I love that. Right? Yeah. (laughs) But uh, the second, the second part of the question was, um, like what is surrender? Like, I mean, I've heard that term so much. I've, I've had ideas of it. I've. Had a and then another idea came and crashed that one and I was like, oh well, I guess it's not that. Like, what is when what I realized is when I first tried surrender and like embodying surrender and all of that, I got lazy. You know, I was all about being, but I wasn't doing anything because I was trying to surrender. I didn't know what it meant, but can I can I don't I mean can you can you like give an idea of what you believe surrender is? Oh, of course. I can give you a very practical first what surrender is. And I actually explained this in Breaking Brook. Let me just, uh, um, surrender is an active state of not resisting. So let me put this into really practical terms for you. Um, and this might resonate a bit more with women because I, I think a lot of women learn to just lay there in sex, you know, and just like, oh, well, hopefully you get someone that's good in bed and it'll change the experience for you. But for me as a woman, you know, waking up to my own sexuality and learning that like, you have to fuck back. Like you don't just lay there. So like, yes, when you're surrendering to the sexual experience, you're like, yes, I'm having sex right now. I'm not checking my phone. I'm not like over here that but that's a lot of people think that surrendering in sex means like just laying there and so many people try i even had someone i guess someone wrote a book called like the surrender experiment or whatever yes I, I, re- I read that book yeah uh, yeah and did you like stop making money and things got like la- you know things got lazy exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's-, that's the book where i got the surrender idea from yeah and that's like that's a thing. Surrender is a very like active state because something that I really teach on the Bruja Report is, is praying, alternating between praying to divine feminine and divine masculine every day. You have to have a plan and not be attached to it, but you still have to have a plan. And so when I was like surrendering, I, I, I had worked with a teacher who was like big on surrender. And so I was like, I surrender like I'm going with the flow and then I went from making 40 grand a month granted it was on one-on-one clients mainly um, but I went from making 40 grand a month to make like 10 grand a month and we get comfortable with things being not to our liking so after two months of making a fraction of my income I was still like well I guess this is just what God wants I was just laying there I was letting life happen to me. Mm. I was, 
and what you have to do. You got to climb on top. You got to be ferocious. You got to turn things around. You have to shake things up. To have good sex is to have a good life. But if you're just laying there, not engaging with it and hoping things are going to get better. So it's just like sex. You can be surrendered to the experience of sex. Like, yeah, I'm not looking at my phone right now. Like we're here, this, you know, present moment and all that. But also you have to move your body. You have to engage with it. You have to, you have to fuck life back. And that's the difference between surrendering and, and like that, that, because all spiritual teachings are paradoxical. So it's like, when do we effort and when do we surrender? And I just put people on a practice of like, look, my spiritual practice is minimal because I, I'm not going to sit there trying to be good if I know exactly how to get what I'm after. I'm not going to sit for 20 minutes for one moment of peace when I can just go have one moment of peace and get on with my day. So I tell people that every, just switching back and forth every single day, pray to divine masculine. The way you pray to divine masculine is you tell divine masculine what to do. Here's what I need help with. Here are my goals. Here's my intentions. Show me the pieces that I'm missing. And then to make sure that you're also surrendering on the other days, pray to divine feminine and divine feminine. Don't ask, don't tell her what to do. You just tell her all of your problems and just be like, Hey, you know, I'm feeling like an imposter. I'm feeling like a Tesla's never going to come for me. I'm feeling like I'm not seeing the results that I want to, but note it like, Women don't like being told what to do. And men, a lot of times need to be told exactly what they can do. For example, if you ask me what's wrong and I say, nothing, I'm fine. It makes you so mad because you're like, oh, like things aren't good right now. So just fucking tell me what's wrong so we can fix it. Um, But it's too, you know, it's the sun and the moon. And I think that the best way to make sure that you're never getting too comfortable in surrender and never becoming too obsessed with control, because it's got to be, it's yin-yang, it's got to be both. Um, Is to just say a prayer every day. I devote one day to asking God specifically for help and another day to just telling God my problems. And, and that so far is the most practical, least time commitment and the best results so far that I've ever seen. And going forward and breaking broke, I'm probably not going to have people do so bug Kriya. I'm like, you could just do that. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was also going to ask you about that because I saw, um, yeah. Cause I, I, I remember you integrating that into the, the Kriya and in the breaking broke course. And it like just spiked my curiosity. You know, I, I just wanted to ask, you know, like what does yoga have to do with money? Like, like in my mind, like I just like you know, cause I practice my own kriya, um, the shambhavi, and then I don't know, like that. I was just like, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I was like wondering why that's in there. For sure. So the reason that I chose a kundalini yoga kriya to be on breaking broke is because in order to get a lot of mileage, uh, basically to have a spontaneous moment of enlightenment, you need a few factors. The easiest way to cook it up for yourself is to create a chaotic state. So a chaotic state, we use, can either use like pranayama breath work or moving our hands in a repetitive way. Basically, we're creating an energetic charge. And so that's why Kundalini yoga works is because you're just, you know, you're, it doesn't really matter what you're doing, but you're saying I'm dedicating 20 minutes to creating a force for making more money. Mm. And I'm going to plant this whole time while I'm creating this ecstatic state, I'm, I'm 
planting a thought that like money can come to me easily. I'm getting over my shit. I'm getting over the stories I have of why it's not working. Like I can do this. And so, you know, adding 15 minutes of very intense breathing, and especially for people that haven't done it before, if you focus on something positive for 40 days, for 21 days even, it'll change the way that your brain is wired. You'll, you'll start seeing Teslas as opposed to Toyota Camrys. Mm. Um, but so I put a 40 day practice knowing that a lot of people would give up halfway through and that by day 21, I could at least guarantee them some results. Um, but I purposely put, cause it's like, you know, the a candidate for breaking broke, you have to have a certain amount of desperation where you're like, I'm willing to do anything to change my money story. And I'm, like, and I'm like, anything, <laughs> you know? okay. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay, you know? Um, but I like, I know that if people show up for 20 minutes a day to positively charge their relationship with money, that that'll get results. But it needs to be, you, so many people are lazy. Half the clients I had when I was doing one-on-one -on -one would tell me that they already knew what was right for them. They were just too lazy to do it. $5,000 lazy to do it. $15,000 too lazy to do it. And it's like, okay, at some point, Everyone wants to take that surrender route of like, work smart and not hard. I've worked very hard. You've yeah. worked very hard, you know, and we can manifest abs, but they'll come to us a lot faster if we go to the gym, if we're like, I'm willing to meet it halfway. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's what I like about you a lot. Like you say, yeah, you know, like spirit will show you the way, but it's up to you, you know, to like take those steps and like, Everyone. and like, um, because I feel like the law of attraction idea screwed a lot of people up. Like, I feel like it's not complete. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I feel like it's, it's because that, that's how, that's what I first learned was that, like, that was like my introduction to anything spiritual was, was and we have to honor Abraham for that. Cause that, Oh was no, that it's, it's an amazing, Oh, those books is what changed everything for me. So like definitely honor it. But it, that like it definitely made me lazy in a way because I was like, oh, I'm just gonna you know visualize my new life into reality. But what I've realized was you don't visualize a Cadillac and it pops up. You visualize a Cadillac, and then you start like you become influenced to start taking certain actions. But you have to like take the action, right? Yeah, and honey, how many fucking CEOs do you see at an Abraham event? everybody's wearing like, where's the Abraham fans? Where's their yachts? Like straight up, like so many people are like, oh my God, I'm, we had someone out here recently who's been doing the same mantras, devoid of feeling for like 15 years. Jesus hated this stuff. When people get attached to their routines, I'm in the vortex, I do my vortex every day, no bad energy around me, I keep a high vibration. You're completely alienated and cut off from like the suffering of the world um, because they don't, you know, oh, that's like bad energy. But what law of attraction never tells people is like, you can't control everything. You can't. Yeah. And, and it puts things in this terms where like the, the reason I was lucky enough to find a red flag in it so early was because after two weeks of studying the law of attraction, I was like, according to this, they're telling me that I manifested my fiance dying because I was engaged to someone who was addicted to heroin. And I all the time was worried that he was going to relapse and die. And according to the law of attraction, I manifested that because all those thoughts about him relapsing and dying 
were came true in a terrible way. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me. So I knew that like, okay, first of all, I didn't manifest that because I wasn't trying to, that it doesn't work like that. Manifesting is like bowling with bumpers on. Think about how many chaotic situations, negative fantasies are constantly rolling through your head and how few of them have happened. Yeah. You know, like the good stuff all manifests. The bad stuff that manifested, when you look back at the ways it's positively shaped your life, sometimes it takes a couple of years, but like nothing bad's ever really happened. There's been difficult times, times of a lot of pain, and but that's what's made me who I am today. So I can't even say that it's bad. Law of attraction mm. preys on this idea that like you, if you just think hard enough, you can control everything that happens to you. And they don't have a very good contingency plan for it because I've heard lots of lectures where people are like, yeah, but like, I still miss my dad so much since he's died. And they're like, well, you know, get on a higher vibration. Life yeah, is going to be suffering sometimes. You have to know how to deal with that. And that's what teaches you surrender. So when something really, this is exactly what surrender looks like on a day-by-day -day practice. And we can talk about Mona Lisa really briefly. Yeah, you know, go like, ahead. You know, Mona Lisa's smile, just like chill. A little yeah. bit of so, yeah. So she's not, oh my God, I manifested a legacy in a painting. She's not like flying off the handle. She's also not pissed off. Oh my God, I've been having to sit in this chair for so long. She's completely neutral. This is the magic of Mona Lisa. When that, that face, that Mona Lisa face is the face of surrender. When something terrible happens for you, to you, wow. when something terrible happens to you, like you find your fiance dead and you're sucking vomit out of a dead person's throat, trying to resuscitate them. Meanwhile, you've known them for 10 years in that moment. And in the days that follow be like, how is this great? How is this exactly what needed to happen? I was able to see in that moment, wait, like I was never going to leave him. I was never, ever, ever going to leave him. I would have been, if, if he hadn't died, he was wrong for me. I've known he's wrong for me, but I was never going to leave him because we had 10 years together. I was never going to leave him. Yeah. When, now I wasn't looking like Mona Lisa on that night, I'll tell you, but with time, within a few days of understanding that that had to happen, I wasn't happy, but I wasn't sad. I was just, just an acceptance. Like I accepted it. And I was like, this is, and whether you accept it or not, it's fucking happening. Whether you accept yeah, I mean, There's nothing you can do about it. Like straight up and yeah, straight up. That's what's happening. That's what's happening right now. But the goal in life like the, is to be like a Mona Lisa. When terrible, when a door slams in your face, you say, how is this great? One of the most powerful questions you could ever come across. How is this great? And all of a sudden, something that looked so chaotic to you, something that looked so wrong even to you, is just kind of amusing. And that's the, that's the smile of an enlightened person because an enlightened person isn't joyful, happy, blissful. They're not depressed and miserable. They're somewhere in the middle. And they meet every single event in life with like, thank you, great. I don't see how this is all going to play out, but I'll take it. I accept it. I accept it with gratitude. I'm not like, okay, fine. I accept that this is happening. I accept that I've gained 30 pounds. It's like, cool. Let's see how this plays into the greater tapestry of things. That's what Tantra wow. is, the tapestry. Oh my God. That is, I never, I just never knew that about, I mean, like that. I mean, it makes so much sense because 
I I was able to when I first started my business, it was like hard to, you know, get any like clients. It was like no after no after no after no after no after no. And I was already at that point. I just read a book um called Oh, I forgot what it was called, but I just read a book about happiness. Um, oh, Zen and the Art of Happiness. And one of the um, the quote that the guy like repeated was like, everything that can happen to me is the best possible thing that can happen to me. Oh, I love that quote. I posted that. I posted that oh, really? Donald Trump was elected. Oh. I that so many fucking spiritual teachers were like, oh, don't forget that. What year was that? 2016? Yeah. I, knew, I was like, well, it's God's choice for president. So there's got to be something great. Clearly God picked this person. So because yeah. you can't control everything. Think about Marianne Williamson, one of the most like powerful manifestors in the whole world. And I'm not saying anything that, you know, it, there's no like right or wrong or whatever, but even like the most potent manifestor in the whole world, we've talked about a spiritual teacher with decades of experience behind her, you know, like she didn't even make it into yeah, she fell out. in yeah. a serious way. And you can't, whatever is going to happen is everything that happens to you is the best possible thing that can happen to you. Like and from the first days of like coronavirus, I'm like, man, so many families for the first time are like actually spending time together. And wow. so at this time, so many people can work from home. Like why not do it all the time? And I, you know, I don't leave my house as it is because I've got 22 acres and a garden and pollen. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> That's crazy. But I like that. And it, it saved me a lot of turmoil. Because after reading that, like I could have, I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have been able to have my had my breakthrough if I didn't repeat that phrase. Because every time it happened, I was just like, "All right, universe, I don't know why this is good, but thank you." I was like, "Thank you," you know what I mean? Like, they, I guess you know that was supposed to happen, so thank you. And then out of, I went through enough no's for anybody in their right mind to be like, you know what, this ain't the business for me. I'm done. You know, but I just kept saying, all right, Adrian, you know, like, it's all right. This is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then, boom, it just hit like an avalanche. And, and another uh, way it's like, how is, how is that great is when you got so many rejections, what was like the main reason why people were saying they couldn't do it? Money. I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. So what does that teach you about what your clients need? What do your clients need based on that feedback? Something that costs less money because you don't have to fix their money blocks but maybe so that's this is the reason i created money at breaking broke is because everyone was saying i just don't have the money for it and so i was like i need to make something that's a lot you didn't even have the money for it and you're somebody that was a hundred percent totally into it i would do it i would buy it right now if i had the money but you didn't have the money Imagine if that was a $5,000 coaching practice and I was only, oh, I can only tell you these secrets if you're one of my two one-on-one -on -one clients that I sign every month. Now, it took me a lot of, it was very scary. It was very hard. It was very daunting for me, but it started with the question, how can I make breaking broke $111? That was the first price that it was. How can I make what is usually a $5,000 coaching experience, something for $111. And, you know, in an industry like yours, where it's so much like person to person, this whole coronavirus, everything, and, and just in general, people not having that type of money to spend on things. Everyone's making apps now. Everyone's, how can you, there's a way to do it. 
might be scary. Well, definitely be out of your comfort zone. But oh, you know, yeah. the function that we found ourselves at at the end of this call is in order to make it to the next level of your business, be a billionaire, drive a Tesla, you're going to have to diversify. All of those people that said no to you are actually saying yes to something else that you don't have yet. They want to work with you. They're in your sphere. They just can't afford the current pay structure right now. But this, you gotta make me a million dollars right now. I mean, damn. Well, that's why, that's why I charge 2,500 bucks an hour to talk to me about business. Cause like you can, do it. you can do it. But all of these no's were the best thing that ever happened to you. No, I, I, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. If I can go back and do all of those, it was, I forgot it was like, it was like a little bit over 20 consecutive. If I would have went back and did that again, I would. Yeah, I would. And, you know, it, it built what, what I am today. And it's the reason where I'm at today. So I like that. And you mentioned money blocks a couple of times in this conversation. What are some of the, like, what are the biggest blocks that stop abundance from flowing into our life? Like, if you can give us one or two, like, just major blocks that people are, they don't, they don't even know that they have. I think the biggest block would be judging rich people and solidifying oh. the belief that like you have to, that rich people are assholes um, because, and, and also the idea of like societal oppression and stuff like that. Anything that gives you reason to believe that no matter how hard you try, it's never going to work, that society is rigged, that the rich people will always be rich and the poor people will always be poor, sharing that belief with other people, super contagious. But the, work, the worst part about it is like, every time you judge somebody for being rich, you are basically saying like, the only way that I could get rich is if a rich person took me out to dinner or a rich guy married me or something like that. But also, they're an asshole for not giving me more. Like, they should be giving me more because they have it and I never will. This is just fraught with toxic beliefs. But then the one that will really stick with you for a long time, like, after you get over those things, after you admit to yourself that you want to make more money, you start trying to become a more abundant person. If you're still convinced that rich people are assholes, you will have to decide, well, do I want to be rich or do I want to be an asshole? And you're never hey. going to I want to be an asshole and like none of these things have ever been true it's just this feeling that like rich people should be spending money the way a poor person would spend their money and that's just like bullshit I even did it I was like Jeff Bezos should get the Amazon out of being on fire and then I was like damn that's a big money block I don't Jeff Bezos can spend his money however the fuck he wants he's yeah I'm like that too I'm like yeah I shit. I yeah. I mean, you know, with that kind, of, I like that. That's a really good, you know, the judgmental part of. Um, I mean, yeah, because you and you're also gonna be like, man. So let me get rich. That means I have to become an asshole. And yeah, and then you'll make yourself become an asshole. You'll make yourself become an asshole. You'll be one of those weird, like, cocaine executives that alienate everybody that they know. Like, you'll make yourself, because if you decide, well, no matter what, I'm going to be rich, then you'll start to become a hard, lying, angry person that says oh, things like, oh, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, or you can't be honest in business. And people like that really don't succeed. They don't. Because you have to be... Like, it doesn't matter how good you are at business. You have to be a, a match for it. You have to be God's oh, way. And if you're being a shitty person, like, yeah, you might get away with it for a little bit. But, oh, when it comes back to bite you in the ass, like, oh, my God. It bites. 
It bites. It bites for sure. For sure. So who is breaking broke for? I would say, and I've always said this, that the best candidate for breaking broke is a very determined entrepreneur because the first two years of entrepreneurship are lethal. They oh involve my God. how to spend money on yourself and your business is not going to gross you. It doesn't, any coach that's saying like six figures in the first year of business is straight up lying, dude. Like, and I had to find this out through like a business coach that I had hired halfway into it. I'm like, wait, so that wasn't true because I hired you because you said you would make me six figures in the first year, but you've, you, you did a hundred grand in revenue, but you spent 300 grand on coaches. Like that doesn't work. You know, 300 grand on advertising. They're fucking lying. And so it's going to take those first two years of business can be really, really hard, but the pain of that can become suffering really easily when I'm, I'm just going to put this on my Instagram again, because it tapped out. Um, what was I just saying that a second ago? I said, every time I have to, I'm channeling. So every time I have to like turn a live back on or something or see a yeah. comment, it's just like, no <laughs> no worries, you're good. So um, you're talking about the first how how um the pain can become suffering and entrepreneurship in the first two years. In the oh first yeah, because the pain can become suffering really fast when you don't realize that like all businesses take time, and just because you're not making money now doesn't mean you're never going to make money. But you have to have structural integrity. You need to make sure like yes, there's a lot of things you can't control. For example, when your next one-on-one -on -one client is coming to you, that's a spiritual relationship. You can't force it. Every client you've ever had, you know, they say something where you're like, damn, like how did you even find me? This is like healing me right now, being able to help you. It's always been a spiritual and cosmic relationship. You can't control it. Wow. But you can make sure that you're not blocking yourself from receiving the money that is trying to come to you. And what Sobog Kriya does, especially when you combine it with like praying to divine feminine and divine masculine. And I say, you know, like this is the last year I'm doing Sobog Kriya, but if, if someone's never done breaking broke before, like work hard in the beginning, because I sure did. And I've done Sobhag Kriya for like five years, working really, really hard at that. Um, but if you're, if you're using a practice, like a spiritual practice to be like, please show me my blind spots, then you think of things in new ways. Like, for example, how are all of these rejections? Great. Okay, well, everyone's telling me I need to make a $300 product because if that's something they can afford. And instead of being like, well, how am I going to pay my rent on $300? you know, asking, how can this grow? How can I make this work? Mm, the right asking questions. The right questions is because that's, you have, your brain needs to be like a well-trained dog. Right now, your brain tells you fucking anything and you believe it. It's a liability. You have to train it. Oh, it's a liability. Oh, I like that. Damn, I like the way you it talk. So. <laughs> it is so. Think about it really, when- No, it really is. When you're in a bad mood. It's Think about like you're in a bad mood. So like a mood's just like, passed through your head and you're in a bad mood all day and you know blah 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 you sell like 10 teslas on the road you go to starbucks you're getting your order they fuck it up or someone cuts you off in line and all of the sudden your brain that's being ruled by some mood that came from somewhere is like hey fuck you to the person in front of you it just comes out of your mouth hey fuck you all of a sudden they're like oh hey fuck you meanwhile three potential clients are watching this dickhead you I'm like, wow. that's not who you are. It was your untrained, unchecked brain 
literally like invasion of a kidnapper, cow snatcher, whatever, like something, a bad mood is in your body, with your face, with your mouth, around people you know, being an uncontained, reckless asshole, and you can't control it because of mood. And that's why it's like, it's a heavy liability. It's a heavy liability. That's why inner work is so, so, so important because when you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. Yeah. When tense situation, that tension comes out. So you got to work hard. And that's why I make people do Silva Kriya. It's so hard, but you need to train your mind to obey you. Otherwise, oh. otherwise you're just Yeah, nothing. like Sadhguru says, if you can get your right, your arm and tell it to go here and go here, why can't you do the same thing with your mind? And I, I was like, that's why I have the School of Unified Spiritual Laws, because it takes six months to teach you exactly how to train your mind. Like it does, it takes full blown six months to do it. But if you didn't have the School of Unified Spiritual Laws, you probably wouldn't even know that your brain isn't trained. So your what are the courses? What are like, the? No, go ahead. Well, your brain named itself. Like it's that smart. Believe, you know, it's always down, believe this, believe that. And you like go with each and every one you have to, but that's 95% of spiritual teachings are based on the assumption that you have a trained brain and you don't. Got you. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, so how many, cause I know breaking broke is just a course that you, that you have. And I want the audience to know, like, so they can be, you know, so they can go visit you and, you know, what else you offer. So, you know, it's something that they can that they can benefit from. What other courses or, you know, things do you teach? Well, the first thing that I'm going to say before you even say this, make sure you go to the footer of my site and make yourself an affiliate for my products real fast so you can get 22 percent of every single person that Mm -hmm. buys it through here. But um and I'll, I'll text you after this and tell you a coupon code that you can put on your social and give to your audience so that you, you know. Yeah, that and I'll tag it. Yeah, for sure. It'll take you. It'll take you two minutes to do. But I have if you look at my workshops, it's the story of my life now. So the first workshop that I the first one I recommend that people do if you're totally new to my work is, you know, how to start a business from scratch, because that's where I started how to start a business from scratch with no time, no money, and no business plan. Um, the thing is, is that a lot of my most popular one is Breaking Broke in the School of Unified Spiritual Laws. Um, Breaking Broke is a, it's just all things about self-worth, your relationship with money, love, and time, and it's an end to scarcity. So that represents like five years of my journey where I was trying to figure out why like money manifesting wasn't working. Um, I have another workshop that's not around so much called Spirituality 101. I'm, I'm when I sell my book, I'm using these as like bait to have a new. Oh, workshop. got you, got you, nice. But the School of Unified Spiritual Laws is a, a complete course in enlightenment, and it gives you the right work that you need to be working on to see real results. So the School of Unified Spiritual Laws is about the unified spiritual laws. There's 48 of them that apply to everything that we do here on earth. And when you know and understand what these laws are, you can start to live above them. It means you have more rights. It means that there's less of a buffering time between what you want in it 
manifesting for you. And then what we have launching right now is probably the coolest thing that I've done, the best follow-up to Breaking Broke. It's um, a coaching group that I've had for a long time called Empress. It costs five grand to be in this coaching group. So many people want to do it. So after three years of running it and really finding out what works for everybody, I have the Empress Academy, which is launching right now, which are divine masculine and divine feminine teachings. It's for women, but I feel like everyone needs to know both sides because negotiation, so like threatening is a masculine way of doing business and negotiating is a feminine way of doing business. Sometimes you need to threaten someone with like legal action if they don't get their shit together. Um, and other times you have to negotiate. And I really think that at this time, especially with so much of us being responsible for the masculine and feminine aspects of our business, we do all our own advertising, we do all our own PR, we do all of our own, you know, like we're responsible for being the face of our business as entrepreneurs. And I think that it's just essential to know about like the hard work that's required to do business and how it connects to spiritual principles. So, so you're not just working one side inefficiently and creating an imbalance somewhere else. You have to know how to effort and you also have to know how to surrender. So Empress is a six month workshop that's gonna just turn into a monthly lecture series. That's a six month commitment and then you can go on month by month for as long as you want. Mm. But it's 88 bucks a month. And for that, like hard, that's, that's hard the masculine and the feminine, the feminine thing. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah, the masculine and feminine teachings, and there's free lectures for all of that going on right now. We did one yesterday on neurolinguistic programming and advertising. We did another one on on lunar site on creativity cycles and social media, understanding social media, and then we have one on the twentieth. And all of these, if you go to everestasher.com/empress. On all of my workshops, there is a button that says, try it before you buy it. So there's three full lectures that you get in addition to a 14-page workbook, totally free at everstasher.com slash empress or just like on my social media. And, uh, and then the one on the 20th is going to be about your zone of genius. So if you, if you were to show up on that call, Adrian, I would show you like exactly what it is that you, the 20% of tasks that you need to focus on in your business to be able to scale it, to be able to take it from- What date is this? This is March 20th at 11 a.m. MST. My assistant knows my schedule better than I do, so I might be, yeah. but I wrote it really clearly on my social media, so hopefully that is helpful. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm definitely, yeah, I, I, I mean, oh man, like I'm just so interested in everything you do. It's like- <laughs> so much yeah because you're not when people think spiritual enlightened people they they don't you know they don't they don't picture someone with tattoos everywhere they don't yeah they don't picture that and i love that you know that's what i'm trying to do too is i'm trying to be like the jacked spiritual guy and i'm like yeah who says that you know because i've heard somebody say where well, you can't be so identified with the body and you can't be so you know and all in it. i'm like yeah, oh, I uh, the I'm, body is the most beautiful. Exactly. I'm like, I'm going to strengthen this shit up the way I want to, yo. Cause I'm, yeah, it's like, okay, well, you go back home and just lay there, and I'm going to consciously engage with my life. Exactly, exactly. So I just want to thank you. This has been an absolute, I mean, there, I've had so many damn epiphanies. I feel like I've known these things, but you took it, you've like taken it to a whole nother level, and I think it's because it's so practical. I haven't heard them in like such practical terms like that. So. Well, I've done it. I've done I, it. 
I know, and that that's what I like about you. It's like, you know, I can tell you've done it, and so, it, like, you can hear bullshit from people. And, it's like, from you, it's just like, it's so, I'm like, man, this is the most real freaking person I've talked. And, it, yeah, it's just amazing. I'm beyond thankful for Michaela. So, thank you, Michaela, for bringing, thank um, you, yes, yeah, for bringing, sure. you know, Everest into my life. And, um, um, I just want to say, you know, like, you've definitely be, uh, played a major role in, um, you know, where I'm at. And, uh, I always, always, always like that, that one belief exercise just blew me out of the water. <laughs> and ever since I've, ever since I've done that. So guys, trust me when I say you need to be on this, this woman's wave. She is, I mean, like just look into how can they follow you on social media? What can they find you on social media? And I'll tag it below. Um, you can just find me Everest Asher on social media. And in my bio is all the other little projects and stuff that I do. All right. And that, that's your best platform to reach you at, IG? That's the best platform to reach me at. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me, Adrian. The second you said, would you be on my podcast? I was like, of course, because I really, you have something about you. Um, you're not just alive. You're like really living. And I really believe, and I told Stephanie this, this guy's going to be the next Tony Robbins. It might take you 25 years. It might take yeah. you 25 years, but... The fucking, how am I going to make a billion before I'm gone? Honey, you'll probably do that within the next 15. Like, don't, I, you have it, but just let yourself want the things that you want. And remember, it's the same, you know, wanting the Tesla, if you're allowed to have it, everything is a sign that it's on the way. If you're not allowed to have it, if you tell yourself you're not allowed to, then every moment is going to be nothing short of torture. So dream big, 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 because you'll get there. Oh, yeah. I know. I know I will. And and with things like that, I, I, I love that. So and thank you so much for that. Um, and, um, you know, the last thing that I do want to say is I tell I ask every guest that comes in, I have them, you know, say this. And so if you knew that, OK. I have 30 to 60 seconds left in, in, in the world and, um, and you knew you were about to go. What message would you leave people? Like what, what message would you say your last minute in, in existence, in, your, in, in, in being, you know, ever is this role, what would you leave, what would you leave behind? What, what would you say? You don't have to be good. You don't have to be good. It's a line from a Mary Oliver poem but you don't have to be good. You don't have to be better than you are right now. Yes, we're always reaching, we're always achieving, but like who you are today is not broken. Who you are today doesn't need to lose weight. Who you are today doesn't need to be different in order for the universe to smile on you. You stay, and I think that if I knew that I had 30 to 60 seconds left, I would, I would tell the people closest to me, I wouldn't change a thing about you about my life, about how I'm leaving right now. I wouldn't change a thing about any of it. It's all perfect. And all perfect. Think you can waste so much of your life trying to put out fires that aren't even there. Stop trying to fix what's not broken and just enjoy it. You're here once, I'm leaving in 30 seconds and you're gonna be here, enjoy it. Eat the fucking pasta, you know what I mean? Oh my god, I fucking love you so much. Oh my, that was that was some shit. All right, I love you. I don't know if you can see, but my eyes kind of teared up on that one. It was like that was powerful as hell. So, all right, and thanks so, Thank much. You so much for having me. And please uh, let me know. This is uh, 
this has been a real pleasure and just let me know how I can share this podcast. Yeah, for sure. And we should definitely, I mean, we're, we're going to have to do this again. We're going to have definitely. to. Anytime. Anytime. Um, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Have yourself a good one. Bye. All right. All right. All right. So hold up. I know that y'all feel me when I say that episode was absolutely fire and everything that left Everest's mouth was just golden. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I had so many like um, big wow moments throughout that entire interview. Um, I can imagine you did too. I mean, if, if I'm over here having wow moments, I can imagine you did too. So I strongly encourage you, if you feel any sort of like energetic pull towards Everest and her work, follow that energy, yo. Follow that energy. Follow that curiosity. It can literally change your life. I know Everest has changed so many people's lives at this point of her life that, um, I mean, she's changed my life and I can imagine what she can do for you. So, um, definitely if you want to, if you want to go ahead and follow her, I'm going to link all of her, all of her stuff below in the episode description. So please do not hesitate. Hop on that website, check out her website, everestasher.com and check out all the beautiful stuff she has to offer and also check out her affiliate program as well. But yeah, so thank you guys so much for joining this podcast again today. Hope you guys all have yourself an absolutely wonderful, wonderful day, evening, morning, whatever. I just enjoy life. Oh, and as always, I love each and every one of you infinitely, never finite.